1: Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. And we are located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 Capitol Drive. We're in that great big beautiful town building, town bank building. And we're also in the village of Whitefish Bay in the Equitable Bank building, which is directly across from Winkies and Kitty Corner from Sendex. And it's coming to be that season when it's getting cold where I can really say I'm happy to say that we can service our clients in Bonita Springs, Florida, and so I welcome you to visit our website, ellenbecker.com. You can get a tour of our offices, which are really beautiful and meant to feel like you're just um, coming to visit in our home, and also you can meet all the indi- individual advisors and people at Ellen Becker Investment Group. My guest today is Bill Lyne, and he is um, with the Line Law Firm. And Bill has been on the show. I'm looking here many, many times. And traditionally, we're talking about estate planning. And one of the things that I think is very important as we come upon the holidays, we've got Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's, is that very often we don't see our parents on a regular basis. And often we visit and we kind of start to notice that things are maybe not quite the same and maybe... We see things that um, give us an indication that maybe some planning might be important and appropriate and some conversations to have with our parents about different things. And also, it's a great time as you're thinking about Christmas gifts. If you have adult children who either can't afford to do planning or really don't understand the whole planning process, one of our favorite gifts to give kids at Christmas is for the parents to pay to have a nice estate plan done. And if nothing else, um, you've got daughter, daughter daughter-in-law, son. Um, Son in laws, and you can do powers of attorney for health care and finances, even if they don't really need to have an estate plan. And those are some of the things that we're going to talk about today because, from my perspective, and from when I started the company almost 23 years ago, my goal was to really help individuals have a strong foundation to build not only um, their finances, but also their estate planning. And I really believe that the cornerstone to any really good planning is to start out with a solid financial plan and a a solid um, estate plan. And one of the questions that I always ask my clients when we're working is, what is the worst possible thing that could happen and have you planned for it? Not necessarily that we know that it will happen, but a lot of times people think about planning in terms of the long range and the long future, and I actually look at it in in terms of what, what could happen tomorrow. If you and your spouse were killed in a car accident, if you got sick, if you were disabled, have you planned for that? Do you each know what you can expect? So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, my guest today, Attorney Bill Line, is going to address many of these different questions and help you to understand uh, if if you have planned and if you need to do any recalculating on those plans. And I like to often think of it as going to the mall for the first time. And you see that arrow and it says you are here. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. My guest today is Bill Line, and he is an attorney. He's been on the radio many times and actually works very closely with many of our clients. And I guess, Bill, I have a question that I, I don't think I've ever asked you before. How did you get involved in estate planning and why estate planning? I mean, I, I, it's kind of a, not a boring subject by any means. But it's talking about death and dying and disabilities. And um, it seems like, would it be much more fun to be in a courtroom, you know, screaming out something? <laughs> <laughs> well, well,
0: thanks for having me, Karen. Um, you know, I, I got into estate planning because I, I think, first, it impacts everybody. There are two certainties I think it's been said, death and taxes and you know planning for death i think is very important for not so much for yourself but for your loved ones and i always thought that it would be a great place to make a difference for people in their in their lives to help them do planning that can help their families um i actually think it is a pretty exciting field <laughs> and um you know you and i have talked a lot about it you've never asked me that question um but i think estate planning is far more interesting than courtroom, um, theater. Uh, you know, every, every family is different. So uh, every single engagement I have with clients is different. There's nothing routine about what I do. And I really like that, that variation from day to day and then putting in place plans that, that do help people. So, um, you know, cynically, you could say I went into it for job security, but um, <laughs> as, it, as it really turns out, it's it's a fascinating area where you, you get to make some real uh, quality difference for people.
1: I think you and I always, when we're done working with someone, say we know it's the greatest thing to go home every day knowing that you've made a difference, and, and we do. And I think that for me, I really didn't understand estate planning until I was at the M&I Bank, and their personal trust department, and I recognized how important it was. And at that time, only the wealthy people were really given the um, intense um, direction on estate planning. And I remember when I came back to working with the clients again, and I said, everybody should have the opportunity to have estate planning, and everybody should be able to understand how it works. And that's just been a commitment for for me, all along, is that that's really the place to start. Because if you don't really understand what's important to people, how can you help them plan?
0: Yeah, I, I agree, and and you do take it very seriously. You and I really preach the gospel of estate planning every day. Um, what, what I see with with clients of of lesser means, you know, not just um, people who aren't necessarily wealthy is that they they don't realize that they do have an estate plan, whether they know it or not. The The laws of every state tell where your property goes if you haven't designated where it goes at the time of your death. So everyone has a plan, and I think it's really important for people maybe with, with less means to understand where their property goes at death and to, to make the plans so that their wishes are met rather than what the legislature thought was important?
1: Well, I think recently I did an article for a newsletter on Aretha Franklin, and I said she didn't get any respect. <laughs> no respect there because she did not have an estate plan. And we, I guess I fall into that, and I think, oh, people have money. They probably have an estate plan. But – that's really not true. And just what you said, a lot of people don't even recognize, particularly young parents who are working for a company, they'll say, well, we don't have any cash flow. I mean, we don't have anything. But they have a home and they have cars. And very often they have life insurance that's associated with their um, their company that they work for two times or four times your salary. And so there are things to really consider. But like a Aretha Think Franklin or Michael Jackson or some of the other people who haven't done planning um it's a travesty to not it, plan
0: it it really is and there's a great example if if a young couple doesn't do any planning and they tragically die and they have a minor child the law would dictate that the child would receive the property that's left to that child at the age of 18 They'd receive it outright at the age of eighteen, and um you know, there'd be no strings on those funds, so basic uh salary based life insurance could provide assets to a minor child, but it could be very dangerous for for any for any kid to receive a a good amount of money at a young age
1: so let's talk about Christmas and holidays and We are asked constantly, what is a great Christmas gift? Do you have a good book? Do you have, you know, what what would you suggest? And one of the things that we always talk about for our clients is making contributions to Roth IRAs and you know financial things like that. But one of my favorite is to look at a parent or a grandparent and make sure that their children have estate plans in place. And you just brought up one of them that I think is so critical is any mother, dad, and now we have parents that are divorced and are raising children separately, having Plans in place. Can you talk about a little bit more? What happens if a parent um, doesn't have a a document or something in place for a minor child?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, first, in taking care of the child is a big question. If you have a minor child and you die, uh, if there's another parent, the parent would continue as as custodian for that for that child as guardian. Um, but if both parents were to die and there's a minor child, normally we would have a will document that would provide for guardianship. Who can, who would be nominated by the parents to take care of the minor child until they reach the age of majority? Without those documents, you're really relying on interested persons to step up and nominate themselves to act. So I, you know, you lose a lot of control if you haven't put a document in place for naming a guardian for your children as to assets again the statutes of wisconsin dictate without any kind of instruction on an account or beneficiary designation that a child would receive assets outright at the age of 18. we can put in place simple uh, uniform transfer to minor account language that would allow for tying up assets for a child in an account until the age of 21. To to really contemplate controlling assets beyond the age of 21, you'd really need to be looking at trust planning of some kind. And that's where we do most of our work.
1: Bill, what about, so I my son John is in his 40s, and he is not married, and he has a power of attorney for finances and health care. And he has nominated me as as his primary um, person. And then there's a contingent, which I believe is his sister. So talk a little bit about that, because so often a parent makes an assumption that they can make decisions on their children. And John, I'd be the one that John would turn to. His father's passed away. Um, If anything came up, he'd Be looking at mom, and um, without that document, I couldn't do anything.
0: No, that's correct. Uh, A a parent can't, a spouse can't. Uh, Just being related to somebody gives you no legal authority to act for the person. So if they don't have documents in place and they need somebody to um, take care of them, to make decisions for them in the event of incapacity, then they would have to be, uh, you'd have to have an individual appointed guardian of the person. And it's a, you know, it's a trying, it's a trying court procedure where the proposed ward, the incapacitated person has to go into court and they get, you know, they get interviewed essentially by, by the judge. And through the, through a guardianship proceeding, a guardian would be eventually named. It's a fairly expensive procedure and it's really, it's an emotionally difficult procedure to go through. Uh, That goes for, you know, whether it's your son, John, or parents who are getting older or, you know, anybody, any any adult who does not have a custodial parent, if they become incapacitated, would have to have a guardian of the person. And if they have assets, a guardian of the estate appointed. And again, they're fairly expensive and um, really emotionally difficult uh, procedures to go through.
1: And easily taken care of very easily avoided
0: (laughs) through powers of attorney
1: yes so if you have adult children uh, and you're not certain if they have powers of attorney for health care and finances makes an absolutely great christmas gift Uh, we do a little uh, christmas card and we put on there that you know that they can just stop in they can work with you and and get that and get that dealt with particularly if you have children adult children who have minors they also need to um, deal with that through a will or a trust The other thing that I would mention, if you're visiting your parents and you recognize that there are some difficulties in making decisions, very often what we recognize is that husband and wives name each other on these powers of attorney for health care and finances. They may have them in place. They may be old, but it may be the time to change those and put the adult children in there and not have the parents making those decisions because it becomes too difficult for them.
0: It does. I I think that it's it's some point that type of transition takes place as as parents age um, there can be infirmities and 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 sometimes problems making decisions so a lot of times it becomes uh, a very prudent thing to do to name adult responsible children to act in those fiduciary capacities as agents or personal representatives trustees all, all of the fiduciary positions within core estate planning documents
1: so I think an option would be if you do if you aren't certain that the documents are up to speed or up to date is as a Christmas gift to say one of the things we're going to do is go and visit the attorney and we're going to pay to have all of that update done because a lot of times regardless of the amount of money people have people don't want to spend the money Parents don't want to spend the money. Why should I? I did it (laughs) twenty-five years ago. And uh, the other thing that I would mention, Bill, and actually, let's take a quick break. And when I come back, I want to talk about my absolute favorite part of, of of estate planning, and that's the credit protection trust. With that, we'll be back. Welcome to Money Sense, I'm Karen Ellen founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. My guest today is attorney Bill Line, and we have been talking about the holidays, we've been talking about estate planning and when I ended the last segment I said what I want to talk about is my, my favorite estate planning tool and that's the Lifetime Credit Protection Trust. I want to talk about it from two two positions. So very often, Bill, you will sit down with a client of ours because we always start by reviewing estate planning or actually putting estate plan in place if there isn't any. And once we get the estate plan put in place and we look at their children, their minor children or their adult children, and one of the things that's very important to me is how to pass assets to beneficiaries. So... I always look at it and say you can pass assets two ways. Number one, through an individual Social Security number. So many estate plans will say, upon our death and my child reaches 30, they can receive assets outright. And then what we do there is we open up an account, we put it in their Social Security number, and those are their assets. And then the other way that you can do it is to take those same assets, put them into a credit protection trust, which has a tax ID number, not a social security number, where from my own situation, and I'll use my son John again, when he inherits money from me, it will be the Karen Ellenbecker Trust for the Benefit of John Ellen Becker, and it will have a social secure. It will not have a social security number. It'll have a tax ID number, which provides credit protection. And um, once we put that in place, and and Attorney Line can talk about that and how that works. One of my next questions always is, do you know what your mom and dad have done for you? Because I cannot protect myself they against creditors. Their parents can't protect themselves against creditors, but they can protect their children, which now are my clients, which are adult children. And I can tell you I have never yet had a client say that that had been put in place because often documents are older, they didn't do them before. And so we have this wonderful opportunity to sit down with their parents, review their estate planning documents, and now put a credit protection trust in for my clients, which are adult children. Can you explain how that works? Because I think, Bill, it is the most incredible, um, it is such an incredible tool that the majority of people don't even know exist.
0: Yeah, I I agree. In in the past, I, I think you're right that older estate planning usually called for distribution outright of assets. You might see, I leave everything to my child outright at the age of 30 or and maybe they get half at thirty and the balance at the age of thirty five and that that was done for a long time and it's it it can work it can meet a client's goals, but mo- more often than not now, where clients have assets, we'll put in place a plan, and a lifetime credit protection trust is simply a trust within within your parents' trust, so your parents put together a trust plan and they name you beneficiary, however, you receive your assets from your parents subject to the terms and conditions of a Lifetime Credit Protection Trust. Again, those terms are contained within the estate plan documents initially. What happens then is that the assets are transferred to the trust for the benefit of the beneficiary, and you're right, the trust would have an employer identification number as a tax ID number for the trust, meaning the the beneficiary does not take legal title to the assets in the trust rather the trust owns the assets and we we put in place a design where the beneficiary can receive as much benefit as needed from the trust for their for their maintenance and support and we can even transition trustee, trusteeship of the trust to the beneficiary him or herself so the idea is you can have assets left in trust for the benefit of your beneficiaries the The assets in the trust would be protected from the claims of their creditors if a child gets sued if they uh, go through a divorce
1: or a bankruptcy a
0: bankruptcy any of those types of issues come along any creditor or predator threat that an individual may encounter. the assets in the trust can be protected so the the beneficiary always has a safety net to move on with and another Another important tool related to that is that in the past in years past when you left a retirement account to a beneficiary they would receive the account as an inherited IRA and that was generally protected from creditors as well in the last few years there were there was a large court case went to the US Supreme Court and the result of the case was that inherited IRAs no longer have creditor protections. This means that if a if an individual gets sued and they own an inherited IRA, the assets in that IRA could be subject to the claims of their creditors. So we protect those IRA assets which a lot of times can be very significant or at least a large part of a client's estate. We can protect those inherited IRAs through trust planning under Wisconsin trust law rather than lo- uh, relying on State or federal law to protect the inherited IRA.
1: Bill, I clients will look at me and they'll say, "What is the downside?" There isn't any. There is the, the child still can have flexibility with those assets. There is, and even now they haven't changed. I think they will, but it protects them in the event that they get sick. And the way that I discovered this was I was teaching a class over at um, the hospital, and they asked me to come in and talk to individuals who had had transplants. And many of those people who had transplants, the medication is so expensive that they have to go through bankruptcy and they can't afford the medication. And so they were looking for me to help them to do some sort of, um, of, of planning and, looking at their bills and all of a sudden i got this idea and i said will any of you inherit money and like half the people there raised their hand that they'd inherit from their parents and i said we have to do planning because if you inherit that money it could go to all these expenses and that may not be what your parents want and for me i wanted the money to stay in my bloodline i wanted to be with my kids and my grandkids not that i don't love my daughter-in-law and son-in-law, but I've said to my kids, you get insurance and protect them. <laughs> you know, I want to take care of my family. So to me, I discovered it by accident, asking, a, asking a, a very simple question. And then I said, well, if I can protect these kids, why wouldn't I protect all my clients and their children? And that's, to me, there's absolutely no downside. And if you have a current trust right now, all you have to do is modify it.
0: Exactly it's and not starting over no it can be easily done uh, and you're right I don't I don't see a downside in fact you know, I, I'll say to clients if if somebody were to give me a gift and they gave me the option of giving me the gift outright or in trust form I would take it in a credit or protection trust anytime um, the, it, it even comes down to the point where when clients finally understand what we're talking about once we go through the process a little bit a lot of times they'll be asking well how do we protect our assets in this way can we do the same thing with our own assets and really the answer is no it it would be very difficult under wisconsin law to construct um, a protective trust for yourself like a lifetime credit protection trust that you can establish for another beneficiary and and that's the whole idea If you leave the assets to your beneficiaries in a lifetime credit protection trust, the assets can be protected. If you leave the property to them outright, it's really too late. Once they own the property, they own it. And it's very hard to to get assets out of an individual's ownership to protect the assets from those, those credit threats.
1: Well, I think in terms of a Christmas present, if there's anybody out there and you would really like to sit down with me or one of our advisors, sit down with Bill, we really would evaluate. The first thing is it's a free consultation to sit down and evaluate your documents, your parents' documents, and to say, Here's where you're at. And again, it's like that you are here trying to understand and then being able to make decisions as they pertain to your specific situation, which is what you talked about in the very beginning. What you love about this is everybody is different. It's not a cookie cutter. We sit down and we work with the client and we take all the time that's necessary to create a plan that is specific to your situation. And I would say very often some of the hardest things for people to initiate the planning is because they don't want to talk about some of the issues. And sometimes there's issues of addiction issues. Sometimes there's um, spending issues. When you die, they don't go away. They don't go away. And, And so if we can sit down and create that trust with you and inspire you to talk about your own family situation, it's absolutely amazing the outcome that you can have, not only during your lifetime, but upon your death, that your family stays together and that it's, it, it isn't a train wreck at the end.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's, that's exactly right. And you, you touched on earlier that it's your wish that your assets pass down your bloodline. And that's very common, I'd say well over ninety percent of the time that is the wish of clients. Trust planning can do that so the the lifetime credit protection trust is a great way to perpetuate family wealth and and keep it in the family bloodline rather than having it transferred to uh you know to a divorcing spouse um to be lost in the event of a health crisis to be lost to a bankruptcy if a business goes bad. there are a lot of things we're doing to protect assets within within the Lifetime Credit Protection Trust Plan.
1: And I think the other piece that is really worth mentioning and that we both really enjoy doing, all of us at EIG do, is going into the family office and sitting down and explaining the documents, whether it's to your aging parents, whether it's you talking about it with your children, or whether it's your children coming in and feeling empowered to start their own journey with their own life and making sure that they have a good foundation and that they understand when they go to work for that first time or they are working and they understand what is disability insurance, what is life insurance, what are the dis- the advantages to their health care programs, and how do they invest in their 401k, and should they do it tax-free or tax-deferred. Those are all the things, the gifts that you can give to your children, and they're the gifts that, that you can't buy. They're the gifts of your experience. Yeah,
0: th- that's true. I, th- I think sitting down in, in your family office, it's, it's, it's really a great setting. It's not threatening. Um, your team does a great job, and I, I hope I do a, a good job as well, in in earning trust of clients talking to them on a really personal level and drilling down. If, if clients aren't, if they don't trust you and they're not willing to share the really intimate details of their, their lives, their children's lives, the issues, the problems that they see, then we can't do as good a job as we want to. So what, what we do through our process is sit down and really try to get to know people, understand exactly what all the issues are have a very good understanding of their assets as well and how can we how can we implement a plan that will be protective yet provide enough provide benefits to the beneficiaries that the that the senior generation wants to be conveyed
1: my guest today is attorney bill line he is with the line law firm which is you've got two offices you've got one in silver spring yeah we have one, one at in
0: bayshore town center Uh, in Glendale, one in Fiendsville and a a satellite location in Brookfield as well.
1: And at any time, you can be assured that I've got his number. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And, And we sit down and we work closely together to develop these plans. And, Bill, what you said and what I inferred was that the trust is so important and I know we've put up a billboard just recently that transparency equals trust and I think a lot of people look at that and say transparency on the investment side because that is so important when you talk about fees and and you, you talk about all the things that are associated with investments but it's also transparency it goes both ways on our clients and our prospect clients that would like to work with us that they be transparent in all of those different aspects because then we can create trust we can create a long-term relationship that goes just goes well beyond just their relationship one of the things that I'm so proud of is that we work with so many families I mean I've got parents and children and grandchildren and we've even which is dating me I guess gotten to the point of Mm great-grandchildren so with that we'll take a break and when we come back we've got a whole bunch more of good stuff to talk about for the holidays (music) Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. My guest today is Attorney Bill Lyne with the Lyne Law Firm. And we have been talking about thinking about the holidays, um, both from a perspective of giving gifts, but also being a little bit more aware and noticing things that maybe have changed over um, the last time that you saw your parents or your loved ones. And uh, we've been, again, talking about gifting, and there are some really simple um, IRS gifting limits, Bill, that we can talk about. But I'd also like to talk about that conversation that sometimes happens (laughs) over the Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas. Say, you know, Dad, uh, I was really thinking that maybe I'd inherit the cottage. Or, you know, I've always liked your Corvette. and. You know, I'd really like to hor- get the Corvette. It used to be that as women, we used to sit there and say, Mom, I'd really like to inherit the chine and the silver, but that's not a top priority anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> Nobody can get rid of that stuff. But in terms of, you know, our kids, um, in their own minds, they have things that they want to inherit. And how should people give gifts away during their lifetime? Should they do them at death? Um, how do people approach these conversations about stuff so let's talk about the gifting rules first those are the simplest
0: yeah the the gifting rules are pretty straightforward Um, every every year the IRS allows an individual to give away gifts without having to report the gift to the IRS this year an individual can transfer to another individual fifteen thousand dollars of value to any other individual or individuals. So you can give $15,000 away to as many individuals as you like. So each child could receive $15,000. Each parent can give away $15,000. So if you have one child, um, both parents could transfer to that child $15,000. So there would be a $30,000 transfer, and it wouldn't have to be reported to to the federal government. Gifting is tied to the federal estate tax exemption as well. It's it's a little bit complicated, but the idea is currently under law, there's around $11.2 million that you can transfer at the time of death without incurring an estate tax. So a married couple can transfer $22.5 million roughly without paying the government anything. That's current law. Lifetime gifts above the, that $15,000 annual limit erodes your $11.2 million dollar federal estate tax exemption. So the estate tax exemption is really a gift in estate tax exemption that for transfers above $15,000 in, in any year, you're eroding your estate tax exemption. It's really just not a big issue for most people any longer. Most Most marital couples do not have uh, an estate in excess of twenty-two million dollars. It's it's a, it's less far less than one percent of the population in the United States has a, a federally taxable estate. And there, incidentally, there is no Wisconsin estate or gift tax in place currently at all. Um, the the uh, the way to transfer assets. Can it go a little longer? The way to transfer assets to to beneficiaries if, if they want something, it, it's a little bit of an open question. Timing's everything. Um, and there are some tax complexities involved in transferring assets to beneficiaries. If if you do have a child who say they might come to you and say, yeah, I'd really like the cottage. And cottages are a very popular piece of property in, in Wisconsin. A lot of families own cottages. How you transfer that, you have to be careful about one you could employ trust planning for lifetime transfers as well as transfers at death so sometimes we'll uh set up a plan where a cottage gets transferred to a child or children in trust and it can be held there for indefinitely really in perpetuity for the beneficiaries you have to be a little bit careful with that and you'd really want to consult with your accountant because transfers of property during life, retain as their income tax cost basis the the acquisition value of the of the transfer. So if mom and dad um, bought a piece of property in 1960 and now they're going to transfer it to a child, the 1960 value would be the income tax cost basis in the property. So if the property got sold down the road the child would have to pay a capital gains tax based on the acquisition value back in 1960. Whereas if you transfer property at death, uh, death transfers receive something we refer to as a step-up in income tax cost basis, meaning they have as their basis the date of death value. So you know if you can, if you can plan wisely and, and time things right, a transfer at death, is generally going to be much more tax efficient than a lifetime transfer of assets. Does that help?
1: I think so, and I know that um, I know that my kids have kind of given me hints. Like, I moved my grandfather's clock to the office, and my son was here one day, and he said, "Mom, isn't that mine?" <laughs> and you know it's really it's funny because kids do remember and they they align themselves with different things that we own and I think sometimes at these holidays having these open family conversations communication is the number one way to resolve or to limit any type of disparity at the time of your death and to just talk about the things that are important what what kids want and what they don't want. And I think art is a very difficult things for parents often to deal with because kids grow up with these artworks and different things and splitting them up. But finding out what your kids are interested in. And I found out that when I downsized, my kids primarily didn't want anything. They have their own lives. But there were some things that were uh, kids love jewelry. <laughs> uh, <of laughs> they course. love things of value. Sure. And then the idea is, well, if they're going to sell them, maybe you want to sell them, and and do cash. So I think at, at Christmas time, and I know it's a holiday time, um, and nobody wants to um, have disparity at that time. But it often is a time when everybody's together, and you can have or at least start having some of these conversations. And you don't have to do it all at once, but maybe you just have little conversations starting out by, are all of your documents in place? If anything happens, dad, mom, what would your preference be? And the tough conversation is always, what is your preference? And the comes back and says, I want to die in my house.
0: That that is a, a very common wish, but sometimes that is not necessarily reality either so i think planning has to encompass what happens today what happens tomorrow and cover all contingencies
1: um bill when you talk about planning and 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 parents who are aging one of the things that often has been uh a good resolution is to look at your trustees on a trust, and we did talk about putting documents in place, wills and trust for our kids, but they're equally as important for us and to make sure that our documents are accurate and and follow the um, follow what we want to happen and so often I think people. Put trustees in place, and they don't revisit those documents. And so, can you talk a little bit about the importance of of trustees for individuals?
0: Yeah, I, I tell people all the time. I think that the the trustee decision is probably the most important one. A, a trust with a bad trustee isn't very useful. You know, in the worst case scenario, you could have if you had somebody dishonest, they could they could take the assets of the trust and squander them. It may be illegal, but you'd have to go after them to get the assets back. So I think trustee selection is really important. Things change for your trustees as well. You'll see a lot of uh, senior generation trust plans where maybe um, mom and dad named a sibling as trustee, and now everyone's older. So situations change, and it may be be time to bring in the next generation um, or a professional trustee corporate trustee, uh, a bank or a trust company, um, someone like that that can can act properly in the event they're called upon to act.
1: I think it's really important, too, just lastly, that you look at if you have titling and joint tenancy, if you have titling as transfer on death, paid on death. Those are really legal titling that circumvent your estate planning documents as does beneficiary designations. And one of the things that we notice all the time is that beneficiaries on insurance, beneficiaries on IRAs, beneficiaries on annuities, beneficiaries on, um, I call them war bonds because that's what my grandpa called them, savings bonds, are not consistent with their estate planning. And most people think, well, I have a will or I have a trust and my I'm done. But it's not because all of these pieces it's like a puzzle that comes together and if you if you haven't aligned everything to make sure that everything is consistent it may not be the way you want it
0: yeah that's that's true you, your team and i always try to try to tie up all the loose ends because the plan will not work unless we're comprehensive in our approach to all of the assets so that's what what we do is we look at everything you have and then it's an ongoing relationship over time we're making sure that we're doing all the right things for you as your assets change
1: so we've been talking bill and my guest today is Bill line and he's with the line law firm and we've been talking about how individuals out there can um, can look at their parents documents they can look at their own documents they can look at their children's they can look at their adult, adult children particularly if they have grandchildren to take the initiative to give that as a gift and we do gift certificates that we do that but I also want to throw out there that it's my gift to you It's my gift to you to do the radio show. It's my gift to you to bring the awareness that these are really important issues that most people don't either know about or don't want to talk about. They don't know who to go see. And so I'm throwing this out there that you can come and see me. You can come and see um, Bill we really do want to do this. Uh, I sleep better, I know you sleep better, and we leave every day knowing that we've made a difference. So my gift to you is the radio show talking about this. My gift to you is that I'm available. You just had to pick up the phone and call 262-691-3200. You can call Bill and his phone number, is 414-847-6290 but we are here our gift to you is that we will make sure that we do it right and that we'll take care of your family and take care of you bill thank you for being a guest and as always i hope that i've made a difference in your personal and your financial well-being remember before we plan before we advise before we invest we always always listen have a great weekend bye-bye